Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standard. Yes, I cover the Washington football team for the Athletic. Yes, I'm still on vacation. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know why I'm taking, I'm going to reclaim this vacation day. Trust me. <laughs> but I felt compelled to jump in here and record a podcast because today we learned that the NFL uh, fined the Washington football team owned by Dan Snyder $10 million as a result of the lengthy investigation uh, by independent counsel Beth Wilkinson into the organization, its culture, uh, and that was the punishment handed down by the NFL. In addition, Dan Snyder is stepping away briefly, at least, from day-to-day operations. His wife, Tanya Snyder, who this week was named co-CEO, she will jump in there and handle day-to-day operations while Dan Snyder deals with things like the stadium and, and some other aspects. That's kind of where we're at here, and um, it's a very interesting scenario, to say the least. I think a lot of people have a lot of opinions. It feels like a bit of a slap on the wrist, all things considered, but we're going to consider a lot of things. We're going to do that with two really good guests today on the podcast. First off, Lisa Banks, attorney who who represents uh, 40 of the women, former employees of the organization, uh, who are part of all this investigation. Um... I spoke with Lisa, got her reaction to everything, and then my friend Steve Wino with the Associated Press, who covers the football team as well as all the other teams in town. Uh, Steve and I talked. We were both on a conference call with the NFL today. Uh, as they explain from their perspective why they um, why they handed down um, the, the punishment that they did, why there was no suspension, why we don't have any specifics of, of, of uh, allegations, why we don't even have a written report, no actual written report. Interesting stuff to say the least. All that, we'll get all that here in a, mo- in a moment on the Standard Room Only podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else you do your podcasting. Uh, I was not expecting to record this episode. As I said, the plan was to jump back in next week after the July 4th holiday and happy July 4th to everybody in advance um, and talk sort of the usual the usual topics, but this felt like we, we needed to do this now. If you are more of a, hey, I really, I'm, I'm aware of the news, but I just want to get into sort of catch up on some of the other football conversations. So definitely a bunch of uh, recent episodes to check out. Uh, spoke with John Machota, our Dallas Cowboys insider, uh, posted that earlier this week. Last week posted an interview with Jake Seeley, uh, one of the best fantasy football thinkers out there and the top guy for The Athletic. And then, of course, before I went away, I spoke one-on-one with Ron Rivera. You can listen to that here or read that over on The Athletic. Um, I will mention the Wizards after we get through all these interviews because there's some things going on with that today uh, I want to get to. But I'll talk about that at at the end. Um, I don't want to dilly-dally here too much, but like I said, it's it's really interesting that the idea of the Dan Snyder being portrayed as somebody who's a bit hands off, which has been the PR spin uh, this week is interesting. The Dwayne Haskins draft wasn't that long ago, not to mention RG three, uh, whatever pick, pick 20 you know, umpteen different moves that happened earlier in Dan, early in Dan Snyder's run as owner, not to mention things that happened with the coaching staff, the front office, et cetera. You know, maybe if we want to give him the hands off label to some degree, since Ron Rivera has been hired, Maybe, but it's hard to, that's not really what this investigation was about. This is about what happened before essentially Ron Rivera got here because that's when um, all these allegations are are from that time period. So um, it's interesting. 
we'll just I'll, I'll just leave it at that and not step on my, the conversations that I had. But let's get to those conversations. That's more interesting than me rambling here with a sore throat and still uh, uh, not in full, uh, n- not not all the way fully form, fully back yet. I, I will say that to be clear. But anyway, let's get to this good conversations. Big news day. Dan Snyder, or let me say this: the Washington Football Team fined ten million dollars, uh, and Dan Snyder taking. Uh, a step back from day-to-day operations for now as a result of the Beth Wilkinson investigation into the culture of the organization. Let's get into that with attorney Lisa Banks and Steve Wino from the Associated Press here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. Uh, as promised, joining us here to uh, react to the news about um, Dan Snyder getting fined uh, $10 million uh, by the NFL and stepping down from day-to-day operations, at least temporarily, um, is our good friend Steve Wino from the Associated Press, who is, as you would expect from a hockey reporter, he's down in Tampa Bay uh, dealing with the Stanley Cup. And then this news dropped. So his, his his day, he had a day off even. Well, not a day off, but he had a day where he didn't have to cover a hockey game. And then this happened. So, I, so Steve is admittedly, I'm sure, pissed off that this happened regardless of what he thinks about the, the, the result. Is that, is that a fair yeah, assessment? Just the timing's not ideal. Yeah, the, the timing was not ideal. But fortunately, I was as I'm, I'm talking to you now, I'm in a driving rainstorm uh, waiting undercover. But that's how my day is. It was sunny. It was going real well. And then the NFL drops this the Thursday before holiday weekend. And then the skies open up. That's, that's, this is basically the microcosm of my day. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, that's sometimes how, how it goes. Sometimes you get the sunshine. Sometimes you get uh, the, the rain. Um, I, I, I think to use that, to stay with that metaphor and whatever, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're based on what we've seen, what we have presented to us, and I'll we can go through some more specifics, but based on what we have go, with us, that all these allegations are out there that Beth Wilkinson, this independent investigator, spent months and months. She interviewed 150 people. Uh, the NFL even came out in its statement and said that there was, uh, you know, the, 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 the culture there was not damn good, more or less, and all that. And yet Dan Snyder comes away with a $10 million fine, which, you know, in real dollars for us nine to five type folks is dropping the bucket. No suspension. Uh, no, no formal suspension, at least. He's stepping away from day-to-day operations with his wife, who was just promoted to CEO, um, taking over day-to-day stuff. He's still dealing with things like the stadium. Uh, no loss of draft picks. No no suspension, as I said. I think if you're Dan Snyder, this ultimately is going to be a sunny day more than a rainy day. I don't see – I don't know how to describe it in any other way. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say, and, and the lawyers for 40 former employees called it pocket change, uh, that the $10 million that, that Dan Snyder was fined for this. Um, and, and it is. It's not a lot of money. There were no draft picks taken away from the organization. He was not forced or recommended to sell the team like Jerry Richardson was in Carolina. And I think that's the takeaway from all of this is that after all of this, Dan Snyder did not get punished in any material way for this. And, and from being on that call with, uh, with NFL lawyers, they seemed more concerned with changing what is the the, the culture inside the, the office there, inside the practice facility there, more so than a punitive damage on Dan Snyder. And, and right or wrong, that, that was the way the league office saw this um, and, and, and did not want to address kind of specific allegations. There's not even a written report for this. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if you come away with here, what's your reaction to this? It's that Dan Snyder skated pretty easily on, on some, some what could be potentially very serious allegations. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, barring him being forced to sell the team, which became an, an, an expectation for some people after the Sports Junkies report, I already forgot how long ago that was, that, that came out a few months back saying that, you know, however they heard things, that, uh, that, that, that Beth Wilkinson had some sense of a recommendation, perhaps, or something to the effect of that they would have to sell. And if that became the bar for people, this didn't even come close to that. Uh, even the idea of him stepping away from day-to-day operations, I don't even know what that really means uh, that much. But to the uh, but for the people who look at this and think, oh, come on, clearly this is just some sort of cover-up or whatever, that there is no report? Like if, like, if you had told me this was the scenario, $10 million, no fine, or $10 million, no suspension, that I've been like, all right. I mean, you know, I imagine that I imagine would be the case. But to tell me there was not even a report, a, a, a written report, that is nuts. That, that, that it's wild. No, no, it's crazy. No, no, but you're no, you're right. You're, all your instincts on this are, are correct. When you look at the Mitchell report and you look at everything else that's been like an investigation, it is. And, and the way that Lisa Frill, the the head lawyer for the NFL, made it out to be was the, the idea that this was about confidentiality and they didn't want names and and that it would be easy to kind of identify people from some of these stories. Okay, so I understand that part. There are reports that are released and redacted information all the time uh, from government levels, from sports, whatever, doping, everything. Things get redacted. You can do a report and then X out parts of, of that report that you don't want to be made public for confidentiality reasons. Um, this is a very convenient way not to have a paper trail for this investigation. It, it is. The fact that the statement came out with very general terms about what's going to like specific recommendations from Beth Wilkinson. Uh, but very, very vague terms about uh, uh, the culture and the, the, the way it was uh, highly inappropriate and those sort of things, there, there was no specificity there. And, and I can understand from the, from the standpoint of the former employees who were willing to testify or talk about this and their lawyers, why there's a frustration about not, like, forget about it. They didn't even not release the report. They didn't have a report, which is, it, it, which it just seems like, the NFL wanted to do this and, and kind of fix for the future. I, I, I don't deny that, but I don't think they wanted to punish for the past. That, that, that the fact that there are several former employees of the team, high-level executives who are no longer with the team might have an impact on this. Uh, and, and a certain level of hiring Jason Wright and hiring Ron Rivera and the changes that the team has made. But it certainly seems like the league had no interest or, or in this investigation at punishing past actions of anyone involved. Yeah, I mean, so they were even, so there was a, for those of you who were you know, living your life today and not paying attention to everything that was happening, we basically got uh, an email from the NFL around 3.30, uh, a lengthy email explaining the what went down and, and the, the, their process that Beth Wilkinson interviewed 150 people. Uh, it was said, uh, then there was subsequently a conference call with some of the, uh, uh, I guess, attorneys from the NFL um, and one of their PR folks they said they interviewed dan snyder a couple of times and there were some other things that went that went um in there but one thing that was said was when asked essentially about the idea of suspending snyder or are you going to address any allegations or what about the idea of him having to sell they said that wilkinson's task was not to essentially investigate any allegation or to even say whether it was false it was to it was to focus on the culture in the building. We're not talking about Ron Rivera's culture. We're talking about the 
actual, uh, you know, the, the, the people who are working in the building. And that was the focus. And the recommendations came on that end of things, not to say the various allegations that have been, you know, written about often by the Washington Post, but some others as well. Um, not that. I mean, that is also just like, if you want to look at this from like from the Alpha perspective, that 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 the that the stated goal wasn't even to investigate the claims. <laughs> like, I mean, like that's even. I mean, hey, by the way, good investigate the culture. But while you're doing this, while you're talking to 150 people, I don't know. Could you maybe look into this? People yeah, are alleging and, these things. Could you maybe check out on it? And 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 what I do wonder is how much of this will turn into a a, a lawsuit in civil court because of that. Because of the fact that 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 the league investigated certain things here and decided not to, I don't want to use the word care, but decided not to prioritize those allegations is what is so incredible to me about this. That fine, I understand the confidentiality and all of that, but you can everything can be a John Doe, Jane Doe situation. We've seen these before. This is nothing new uh, in, in the world to to redact information or, or to redact names and those sort of things, but to not even care to punish those the people involved is is is, that's the stunning part to me and and when it when it happened initially and i saw the fine and you see the dance center stepping away and then it's a long way you got to read down i i don't know how you read this initially but you read the release on this it was like okay what's the news here and this is what we do in our jobs is what is the news someone says something and then what is the actual news out of this after digesting it, like at first you're like, wow, that's a lot. And then you think, well, but they're not really suspending Dan Snyder. They're not letting, making him sell the team. They're not costing the team any draft picks or, or, or anything like that in terms of, of winning on the field uh, for the winning off the field crowd. Um, that once you digest it, you're like, this is pretty lenient. And, and the, the report itself was, I don't want to say scathing, but it could have been scathing uh, of what was found. And you had Lisa Friel talking about things like a toxic culture and, and how it was highly inappropriate, especially for women. And then you realize that even after all of that, this is the punishment. Because if, if you do an investigation and you say, we did an investigation and we didn't find a whole lot of things wrong, that's one thing. To, to do an investigation and to find a lot of things that were wrong and then not punish them is what I think it has you and I and a lot of other people a little confused. Yeah, very, very confused. Now, in addition to what the NFL put out, Dan Snyder himself released a statement through the team. It's not long, but I won't, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just a couple notes. He starts off with, quote, I have learned a lot in the past few months about how my club operated and the kind of workplace that we had. Uh, I'll end it right there. What, what, here's what's notable to me about that statement. One, I've learned a lot in the past few months. I mean, you know, he's been the owner for 20 years. This poor culture didn't start a year ago, two years ago. I mean, this has been an ongoing thing based, you know, this is just how these things work. But also, did you know, I assume you saw, again, I've been, you know, not, I've been on vacation mode, so my information has been sporadic, but I saw the Wall Street Journal interview with Dan Snyder. I really was, to say I was disappointed by that would be an understatement. The guy never talks on the record and it was an incredibly, uh, you know, favorable view of it. There was no pushback on anything he said. But the one thing I remembered it said, and I haven't looked at this today, but it said like he had been in the building 
over the last several years, like 227 days in total or something, something like that. Like it specifically said the number of days that was so odd to me. And then when you come, cause like who, who, you know, if you said to me right now, how many days have you been? I don't know. It, it FedEx field in the last 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, you know, I mean, like, wow, I, I don't know that specifically, but if, but then to say here, I have learned a lot in the past few months about how my club operated and the kind of place workplace that we had. It's it's a, it's it's a, it's been a very interesting PR uh, scenario over this last few days, in particular, to really for that for the team to really try to distance him from the situation to be that specific that uh, he's been there so infrequently over the years, and then for him to say he's learned a lot is to really start to say, hey, don't look at me. I, you know, fine. It's my fault. He does say ultimately he's responsible, but like, I didn't know. Cause I wasn't there. That is just so hard to take. That is just a form of reality that is really fascinating. Yeah. And, 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 and part of this for me is that at the very least it's incompetence at, at the, at the very, right. very, it's incompetence of, of not knowing what your organization is and be like, well, I wasn't there. Well, how would I know? Uh, that, that's the part that I think is galling of this is just that at the worst he was setting the tone for the culture and at best he was unaware of it at a time that he had to be super aware of it and 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 that's what i think is the most frustrating part if you're you're one of these former employees who agreed to talk was that he at at the very least was just not part of all of this and 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 that's a scary part for uh for those former employees yeah, with, with that with that question, and you know, we haven't even talked about um, the the victims, the people who went through this. And there was, you know, uh, the, the the I think you made re- reference to this, but there were two there's two attorneys that represent. I want to say somewhere around forty or fifty former employees. Uh, they have been Lisa Banks is one of them. Uh, you know that that's that's been part of the conversation, obviously, throughout this whole time. And for these people who who believe that you know they who who have who, who you know claim these allegations? Who said that these things have happened? They they got some note. They got some acknowledgement from the NFL by saying by talking about this toxic culture. But at the same point, the end result is I, I, I can't imagine it's very satisfying to say the least. Considering ultimately Dan Snyder gets you know gets fined the money, the equivalent of the money that's in the Steve Wino couch, um, and uh, you know, and that's about it. Uh, you know good for the football team. We didn't lose any draft picks, but not even something like that. Even though it wasn't personally on Dan Snyder, not even something for the organization like that. Um, so yeah, for, from that aspect of it, that that's gotta be just so, you know, so, uh, so difficult as, as well. Uh, no, yeah. And, and you could tell from the, the statement from Lisa Banks and, and Deborah Katz, the, the, the lawyers who represent 40 former employees here, that they are disappointed in this. And they've been saying for the longest time, to, re- to reveal the report, to release a report about this because it would be for a public good. And, and to not have the report, as, as Lisa and Deborah said in the statement, is a slap in the face to the survivors of this and, and what they went through. And, 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 and I know the league is kind of hiding behind a lot of this confidentiality stuff, but there are a lot of the people who were asking for confidentiality and all of that were part of this group that wanted the report release. And I think that's what I can't square right now um, from a reporting standpoint is, is the, the people that they've said they want to protect are the ones who want it out there. That, that's the part to me that is the most jarring of all of this is that the, the fact that 
the, the, the victims, the survivors of this want a lot of this information made public so it doesn't happen to other people. And, and, and to, to say that the reason it wasn't made a written report was for that uh, is a, a very flimsy excuse that we're going to have to be talking about and reporting about for a long time. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I got to get Steve out of here, but two last quick things for uh, Ron Rivera. Like there's no, um, you know, I, I'm, we're not going winners and losers right that. but Ron Rivera already, <laughs> this guy is, he's got a lot of power in this organization. We already knew this from the moment he was hired, essentially coach and the final say on personnel matters. And for the, for the time that he's been here, it appears that that has been allowed to, to happen even before today where Dan Snyder is around. Now, he, Ron Rivera is even more in charge. I forget the exact quote, but during the conversation with the NFL, Ron Rivera was cited as by the league, by somebody for the league, as somebody who's beyond reproach, who's beyond you – know, everybody respects that this is – like the fact that Ron Rivera exists is – you know, that people can feel – I don't know what they said, but like basically Ron Rivera exists. That's like a good thing for this organization. I, it, I, I wonder if he's the most officially the now the most powerful coach in the NFL. Cause if he right now said we're trading 12 draft picks for Aaron Rodgers and green Bay said, yes, like for, as an example, I don't know if there's anybody in the organization to even say no at this point, because if Dan Snyder is actually stepping away, then I guess Tanya Snyder could say no, but you know, I, I think Ron Rivera has got to be the, probably arguably the most powerful coach in the NFL right now. And, and, and I wonder, Ben, and, and I don't know if you, how you feel the same way about this, is, is I wonder how much Ron Rivera expected of this. And I don't mean the name change and those things, but like I wonder how much he knew and asked other people around football about this organization that I'm not saying like a power grab, but I wonder how much he, he thought going into the job that he would get this kind of power only in Washington and nowhere else. You know what I mean? Like the, the fact that there are so few organizations where the owner is going to be amid scandal or not around and Bruce Allen's gone and you're kind of running everything and, and have that control that, that you're not going to get that almost anywhere. You have, you have a GM above you or you have a president above you and then whatever. He is it. I mean, you Jason Wright is in the organization running the business side. Uh, he's hired uh, executives to help him, but they're not above him. This, this is Ron Rivera's organization right now. And, and from a football standpoint, if they win, if they lose, the credit, the blame is all Ron Rivera, honestly. And, 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 and you just don't see that anywhere. And, and if it's come as a surprise to him that all of this has happened, it's come to surprise to all of us that all of this has happened, the name change, the, the, the allegations, the investigation, all of this, but the pandemic, everything. But the fact is he's in a, a very advantageous position to be able to mold this team in his image. You're right. If he wants Aaron Rodgers, he can go get Aaron Rodgers. If, if he wants Deshaun Watson, he'll get Deshaun Watson. In, in theory, there's no one stopping him from doing those things. And, and it's it's a, a blessing and a curse, I think, that, that he's got so much power that if this team wins a Super Bowl, it's going to not be, be because of Dan or Tanya Snyder, other than them footing the bill. It's going to be because of Ron Rivera. And if the team goes 0-16 and stinks, it's going to be because of Ron Rivera. And, and, and there's a good and a bad element to that, that, that he's now going to take on the responsibility for this organization even more so now than he was over the past 18 months uh all true La last thing uh, so dan snyder puts out this statement you know these statements are you know not off the cuff they're 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 vetted they're, there's multiple people looking at this i don't you know who knows if he even technically penned this yeah, but sure. whatever ultimately the statement comes out and in the statement uh, let me read this one line you mentioned the name change let's go to this really quickly he, he, quote uh, 
we have a new and diverse leadership team, a comprehensive program of training, culture surveys, and employee support, and a commitment to ensuring that every employee of the Washington Football Club comes to a professional and respectful workplace every day. Now, later in the statement, it mentions Washington football team, but this is specifically saying the Washington football club, the, the C is in a, in a capital C. This is not like, he's not loosely using the term, saying it as if it's the name of the team. What the hell do we make of that? I, I, I saw it and I wondered about it, Ben, and I, and I didn't make a lot of it then. Um, I, I've always said from the start that if they had gone with Washington football club, I thought it would have stuck. I thought it would have been a very like soccer-ish thing. And you know, I'm not a big soccer guy, um, but, I, but I think it would have had that kind of like niche kind of like, uh, you, you're, it's, it's Washington FC at that point. And, and it's one of the names that, that is being considered. It's one of the, the, the names that's going to be. So even if accidentally or, or accidentally on purpose, Dan Snyder wanted to kind of throw that name out there as kind of a, a, a test the waters of what people think, get people like you and I talking about it, that's a pretty brilliant way to do it, right? To, 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 to just casually mention the name of the team in another way. Imagine if he had just said, hey, the Washington Red Tails and just threw it out there like that. It's just like, that's, that's now, that, now that you got me thinking about it, it's pretty brilliant. It's, it's pretty brilliant that, that he would, that he or whoever, whether it's the, the team PR staff, his kind of private PR staff would, would come up with that or it was just an accident. And, 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 and I think we all know for every company we've ever worked at, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. Even the most professional organizations, you, you think I work for the Associated Press, you work for the, the Athletic or an ESPN or the National Football League or the Washington football team, whatever. People kind of make it up as we go along. That's kind of life, uh, even in a, in a job standpoint. And, and so maybe he misspoke for a second and, and, and wanted it and it just didn't edit it. I, I, we, we don't know because, uh, and, and, but it's a, if, if you're throwing it out there as kind of a bellwether, then it's a pretty interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Like I said, like I everything I write, there's probably a typo. Just being realistic, whether it's a, a, a punctuation mark or a letter. No, you're right. What, what's that? No, you're writing. <laughs> oh, yeah, on. trust me, my writing. Uh, but um, but like whatever. Like this is, but I take pride in what I do, as do you. But like it, you know, it isn't the same thing as like this is an official statement from me personally on a massive issue. Even if we're dismissing. The ten million dollars is a big deal, you know. It's it's it, some Dan Snyder is in the news today in a significant way, and you wouldn't think that multiple people are looking at this. And you would think that somebody and among the big topics is he's going to. It even says he's dealing with the with the stadium name. Like you would think that somebody would notice that the team name is wrong. But I mean, you would you think, think so, wouldn't you? You would think so. So that's why it's it's curious. Um, Steve, you are uh, the man. I appreciate. It. I send out the bad signal, and you jump on quickly. Is there anything you'd like to tell? the Capitals people, because this is your normal deal. Anything you would like to, to, to any bold prediction, anybody leaving the expansion draft and getting rid of anybody, they're going to win the Stanley Cup next year. Any, anything you want to say? I, I, I am fairly confident they're not going to win the Stanley Cup next year. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like throw out the like bold prediction here, but I, uh, it's going to be a fun, like once the series is over and the expansion draft and the real draft and free agency happen, there's going to be a lot happening in a short period of time. And, and it's going to be really fun and, and and fun and like not a reporting on a on an investigation kind of way that like stuff will happen as you know from from covering the NFL and the NBA as you have so well uh, that that there's times where things just happen at a thousand miles an hour so it's going to be fun I hope I hope people read I hope people enjoy it, it we're, we're coming out of a pandemic in this country it's just it's a it's a it's a good time to be alive 
I love expansion drafts. I only wish I knew enough about hockey to have a take on any of it, but I love that. It'll be fascinating to, to see. Uh, Steve, you're the man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Uh, as, as I as I said, joining us here now on the podcast, I really appreciate the time. Uh, Lisa Banks, uh, one of the two attorneys representing 40 former employees of the Washington football team, and obviously the Washington football team very much in the news today because of uh, the NFL handed announced what it, intentions uh, with with Dan Snyder, ten million dollar uh, fine to the organization. He's apparently voluntarily stepping away from day to day operations for a bit, and I wanted to have Lisa uh, jump in here and, and and express her thoughts on the situation. So again, Lisa, thank you so much uh, for your time. And I guess just what was your reaction upon hearing um, the statement from the NFL and and their uh, their punishment for uh for the owner well i think you know my first i think the first thing i thought and the first thing i texted to one of my colleagues is this is outrageous uh and that truly is how i feel and it's how um, my clients feel that after a year-long investigation that involved hundreds of women and men um who worked for the washington football team that, that this is what we end up with and, you know, I know it from my own 40 plus clients that they have um, detailed for the NFL investigators 20 years of harassment and misogyny and abuse that that spans every level of the organization. And they came forward in good faith and at great personal risk and expected that the NFL would take it seriously and that there would be both transparency and accountability. And from where I'm sitting today, I don't see that there was either of those things. You, you mentioned, uh, or you, you said 40 or so uh, clients uh, as part of this. Did The NFL said that uh, the Beth Wilkinson investigative team interviewed 150 people. I pres- watched and presume, but did all of your clients, were they all, all 40 or so of them, were they all, uh, did they all speak to uh, the Wilkinson group? Yeah, well, virtually every one of my clients spoke to the Wilkinson investigators. And, you know, from my perspective, Beth Wilkinson and her team did an incredibly thorough, comprehensive job talking to lots of people, taking it seriously, getting all the information. Um, I really had no problem with how they conducted the investigation. You know, but their consumer, their client was the NFL, right? And the NFL had to take that information and do something with it. Um, and what it did was slap Dan Snyder on the wrist. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just an absolute shame that, that that's where we ended up after all this time and all this effort, um, that we have no transparency about what was in that report or what the findings were. Uh, so we have no way to gauge whether the the changes that Dan Snyder and his team are touting as, you know, we've changed the organization. We have no way to know whether that is true or not. I mean, certainly they've made a lot of changes that appear to be really good changes. But is that going to address what the problems were that caused this harassment and this culture to fester for 20 years? I don't know, because we don't know. We don't know what those findings were. We don't know what's in the report. So, and that's the way they want it, 
right? That's the way Dan Snyder wants it. It appears that that's the way the NFL wants it. Um, and so as of this moment, we're not going to know what's in that report, you know, absent a, a, a good old fashioned whistleblower. Right. And so uh, you mentioned the report. Let me go back to that. Um, I don't necessarily know what my expectations were for this in terms of what the punishment would be. I'm actually going to curious what, what what you were what you thought what could happen or might happen. But the fact that they told us today there was a conference call with reporters and the NFL uh, after the, the uh, email statement came out, in which they told us that there was no physical report, there was no actual written report that it was presented as an oral report. And they said they did this in part for confidentiality that they thought that by putting it out in a written form that might uh, you know, indicate who was speaking or things along those lines. Um, I don't understand. I don't think this is a layman thing, but I don't know. I don't understand the idea of not having a written report unless you truly um, didn't want something to get out there, especially when you, your side, are the one saying, yeah, we'd like this to be all released. So I don't understand the idea that it wouldn't be written is this based on anything any of your experiences is this a common occurrence or is this as that normal the only the only yeah i mean i have seen lots of investigations in quote unquote independent investigations happen right uh, at companies all over the place and usually they will get um an oral report first before it's reduced to writing um but rarely if ever have i ever seen the ultimate product of this kind of investigation, the, the length and breadth of this investigation should have led to a written report. My guess is that Beth Wilkinson always intended to write a report. My guess is that Beth Wilkinson probably did write a report. And my guess is that uh, Roger Goodell said, don't show it to me, don't give it to me, I don't want it. Uh, because then it's uh, potentially leakable it's discoverable. Uh, he has to answer the hard questions about why are you not making it public as you have all the rest of these reports, you know, the Ray Rice investigation, the Mueller investigation, all these things that have happened uh, with the NFL, all these investigations that they have made public as a matter of course, now they're reversing course and they're not releasing it. And uh, they're, they're saying that it's confidentiality, but that's not, that's not a concern we had because it's easy enough to redact names. Uh, we have given permission for some of our clients to have their names used. We have been asked by the investigators and we've told the investigators which names can be made public or put in through the report. Um, and so that is not our concern and nobody ever approached us and said from the NFL and said, gee, we, we're worried about confidentiality and your clients' identities, you know, are you too also worried about that? Or how can we assuage your concerns about that? Nobody ever came to us about that. And we have very easily could have redacted names from the report. So, um, you know, I think that's a convenient excuse. Uh, in the statement by the NFL, uh, this was one passage, uh, quote, Based on Wilkinson's review, the commissioner concluded that for many years, the workplace environment at the Washington football team, both generally and particularly for women, was highly unprofessional. Bullying and intimidation frequently took place, and many described the culture as one of fear, and numerous female employees reported having experienced sexual harassment and a general lack of respect in the workplace. 
Um, I mean, that's a, in and of itself, that's a strong statement to some degree to say, hey, there yeah. really were significant issues here that, that this in, independent uh, review uncovered. How do you square that with then the actual result? Like, do you, I guess, can, is there any solace saying it, it, they, okay, yes, they, they're, they're acknowledging these things occurred, but simultaneously, the punishment seems to be not meeting the, the that paragraph. And I'm also sort of curious, as I said before, what was your perhaps expectations or hopes for what would actually have happened here? Sure. You know, I think um, what they described certainly is um, a snapshot of, of what I understand the culture had been. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's mild, but, but still bad, right? And um, I think what they tried to do, what the NFL had tried to do was divorce that from Snyder himself and say he was an absentee owner and should have been more hands-on and sort of let this stuff happen by his own omissions or inattention. And what I would say to that is, you know, Dan Snyder can be accused of many things, but being a hands-off owner is not one of them. And um, none of the people that I represent and none of the people that I have spoken to beyond my own client base have ever said that, you know, Dan Snyder was anything other than a micromanager uh, about every aspect of his organization. So I don't find it credible that he had no idea about the environment at his company. Uh, like he said in his own statement, which is I just learned in the past few months what has been going on in my own workplace, which, I, you know, again, I just find that completely not credible based on the many, many, many people that I have talked to and represented. Um, so, you know, what would I have liked to have seen happen? I guess the first thing is there has to be transparency, right? We have to see the report. And then we know what is the appropriate response. Or then we can say to the NFL, yes, you took a, a response that was commensurate with the findings, with the allegations. But nobody has any way to judge that because we don't know what the specific findings were. You know, I represented 40 of those people, so I have a pretty good idea what, what they told. Well, I know what those folks told the, the investigators. So, uh, you know, that was about a third of the people or so, maybe you know, quarter of the people, there were a lot more people that spoke to those investigators. And I'm sure there was a lot more information. And based on what I know and what I suspect was coming from those other individuals, there was a lot there that would give us pause about, you know, is a $10 million fine sufficient? Um, but what I would have liked to have seen is the report made public and then uh, the NFL takes some action commensurate with what happened at that organization. Um, I had to write a quick news story for The Athletic when, when all this uh, came out. And one of the questions that was sort of posed to me was, is this the last we're gonna sort of hear of, of, of this? And uh, at that moment, I realized I did not go to law school and I don't really know what happens now. So the NFL has put this out there. And like, you know, as I think you mentioned earlier, I mean, there could be, you know, who knows, maybe there's a, Something gets uh, something gets leaked, or I don't know. But is there anything else from your end at this point that what what do you, I guess what's the next step at this point? Is, is there anything left, or what can be done from from your side if this what's come up, what's happened so far, isn't up to uh, expectations? 
Yeah, um, well, this wasn't a legal proceeding, right? This was an investigation. Uh, I was not the client, so I wasn't promised a copy of the report, but um, obviously it was a matter of public interest and um, people in the Washington area, football fans, you know, people who are interested in the rights of survivors and, and the Me Too movement, everybody was interested in, in this matter. Um, so, you know, what, what are the next steps? You know, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we're, we're regrouping. We're trying to figure out um, if there are any steps. I'm sure that my clients have things to say. Um, I certainly have things to say. Um, it, it may be that, you know, other people are outraged by what happened here, similarly outraged, and decide they're going to step forward and tell their own stories, and they didn't step forward before. So you never know, right? Additional things can come out. Um, uh, maybe maybe the, the report, if it does exist somewhere, maybe it gets leaked. But, you know, at this point, this was this was the end game, which was to talk to the NFL investigators in good faith and hope that they and the NFL responded in good faith to those efforts and did the right thing. And, you know, I will say um, that the NFL really truly dropped the ball here. Um, and I guess that's sort of lastly, maybe this should have been my first question, but you said uh, we're talking, it's only been a few hours since um, all this happened. You've got a lot of clients. I, I suspect you haven't had a chance to talk to all of them directly and, and, uh, and so on, but obviously I'm sure some had a reaction and forget for most people, I, I cover the football team. Most people listening to this or reading about this are fans of the team. And ultimately on some level, their focus is the idea of, well, what does this mean? Is he the owner? Is he not the owner? How many games are they going to win? Things like that. But there are people involved who this is all becoming because they uh, said these things happened to them in the workplace environment and it was unacceptable and we got to hear what, what's, I guess, has been basically the, the, the basic human reaction from your clients that you have had a chance to, to talk to you so far about, about this, having not just experienced these, these harassment and other things, but then having lived through this last year and change, and then with the investigation, and now the result is this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the team and its fans, <clears throat> excuse me, will go forward and you know, they'll have their season and they'll talk about draft picks and they'll talk about wins and losses and all of that. Um, my focus and my client's focus has been the workplace culture and, and what does it mean and what does it mean in the context of our society and how you can treat women in the workplace, whether you're in the athletic environment or not. Um, and those conversations have to continue. I don't know whether the Washington football team will become a better place to work. Uh, I can't believe it could get worse. So, and I know that they have made changes and they appear to be good changes. And, you know, let's hope that, that it, it becomes the model franchise that he has promised that it will be. Um, but he has escaped accountability for overseeing 20 years uh, of just pervasive harassment and misogyny and abuse. And, you know, there's no two ways about it. And I represented women and men, and they all came forward and said, this was, this was terrible. It was a terrible environment. Um, and he allowed it to, to continue for all those years. And uh, he was part of it. He condoned it. And, um, you know, today uh, he's given a pass essentially.
Uh, that, that certainly seems to be the way I mean, a lot of people are, are looking at this uh, news initially for, for, for sure. Uh, Lisa, I really appreciate the time, especially I know it was a very busy day. Uh, Lisa Banks of Alpha Theory again represents uh, 40 uh, of, the, of the people who were part of this uh, um, long journey here that at least at the moment appears to have, has come to, uh, I don't know if it's the end, but it's come to some sort of a conclusion and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. Lisa, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you to uh, Lisa Banks and Steve Wino for their time. I mentioned the Wizards earlier. Oh, and just quickly, so we'll get back to the to the regular football team podcasting going forward. Assuming nothing happens in between, <laughs> of significance between now and and next week, uh, early next week. So we'll get back to that. I, I did interview Sam Cosme. I'll get that podcast interview up here at some point in the next uh, few days. Um, quickly about the Wizards, I did. While on vacation, because I'm a nice guy, I did talk to Fred Katz on his Wizards After Dark podcast about the coaching search. Uh, since Fred and I talked, we went through a bunch of the candidates. But since then, it was announced that Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, was interviewed by the Wizards. Uh, Jeff Zilgit from the USA Today had that. Um, Fred and I talked about Wes Unsell Jr., who, who is a name that is talked about a lot by people around the league as a, as, as a potential target, if not a very prominent target for the Wizards. I'm not saying that he's the leading candidate or anything, but you know he's a name that gets mentioned a lot. Um, there's obviously the, the, the family ties. His dad, uh, Wes Unsell, was ob- arguably the greatest bullet wizard in franchise history. And Wes Unsell Jr. has a good reputation as an assistant coach. He's part of Denver, the Denver Nuggets staff, helps lead their defense. It does look like the Wizards are seem to be headed down the route of an assistant coach hire. Um, they haven't done that since I believe t- Leonard Hamilton and t- or, or somebody who was who didn't previously have NBA coaching uh, head coaching experience since I think Leonard Hamilton in 2000. So, um, you know, I have no idea if Wes Unsell Jr. or any assistant would be a good hire. I say this all the time when you're dealing with an assistant, whether it's a coach or a GM or whatever, until the person has been in that job, it's really hard to evaluate them in that job. But, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. has a good reputation, as do some of the other people who have been mentioned. We'll see how that goes. You can check, you can listen for more details on that on Fred's podcast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, um, when there's more news to, to, when there's more news or when I get back in the swing of things, we'll, we'll talk about it at length without question. The fact that it's taking a while doesn't really bother me as much so far now as it did on the GM search. I mean, the GM search went three, three months. This is only, you know, what, three weeks, give or take. So it's not nearly the same thing. But uh, obviously other jobs have been filled. The Wizards are still looking. They continue to look. We'll see how many people they ultimately interview for this job. Um, that's it for now. I really appreciate everybody checking out the podcast, not just this one, but ones I, while I've been away. Uh, we'll get back in the swing of things. If I didn't already say, of course, you can you know, always hit me up on Twitter, at Ben Standig. And you can get Steve Wino, especially you Caps people, at S. Wino W H Y N O. That's it for now. I'm tired. I'm going to I'm going to sleep or watch a movie or something. Ben stayed exciting off. Until next time. See ya.